Welcome to Live with Marie podcast on Apple and Spotify. Today we are taking over the ring with Bobcat Moretti. Our guest today is Jacques Questfit. He is going to be talking to us all about training and how to stay healthy in today's world. He is a professional TRX coach. He works at Equinox in New York City, a specialist in surgical rehabilitation, kettlebell, and athletes. Stay tuned and talk, see us in the ring today at Bobcat Moretti. Coming on to our show today is Jacques, and he's going to talk to us about all the professional training we can do at home and also in the gym or at a park, wherever you may be. And he, we're going to be bringing him on soon. But first, I want to talk about um, Bobcat Moretti. So, with Bobcat Moretti and going into the ring every single week with us, we are showcasing people that are superheroes in their own right. People that are inspiring the world and moving forward. This movie, Bobcat Moretti, is such an inspiration that you guys are going to start constantly hearing cheering of Bobcat, Bobcat, Bobcat. Because this movie is going to make history Count it down, put it on your calendar because I said it today. This movie is going to be making history. And the reason why is this movie is about multiple sclerosis and obesity and all the things that we deal with in everyday life. With all of that being said, we also have a one-week left guys to this amazing live drawing for your own feature film yes i said it live drawing for your own feature film so if you have not donated yet into that fund where your name could be pulled out and the lucky one to get your own feature movie film made just for you go to bobcat moretti's instagram and right there, there is a link that you can donate to the GoFundMe at Bobcat Moretti and get the chance to win and be featured in your own movie film. Who wouldn't want that? Come on. You could be the next rock star, the next supermodel, the next whatever it may be. Everyone wants to be in the movies, right? I mean, come on. Ah. I want to be in the movies. Anyways, <laughs> with all of that being said, Bobcat Moretti is such an inspirational movie that this is going to be a name that you are going to hear for the rest of your life. Whether you're walking down a street and someone's talking about an amazing movie and moving forward, or someone's going to say, hey, did you know they're making a movie about multiple sclerosis? and fighting obesity and everything else that deals with our lives. Yeah, guess who's making it? Bobcat Moretti and the team of the directors, the actors, the filmmakers, everything that comes with a movie. Go follow their Instagram page at Bobcat 
Marani. And yes, I have to put a little plug in there for me. I have a scene with Tim. Yeah, uh-huh. Yes, I do. Anyways, Tim is a bobcat. He is the most amazing actor, screenplay writer, and along with our director, Rob, and our producer, Jessica. And like I said, I am the executive producer for Bobcat Moretti, and I am so excited. So, one week left. Get over to that page right now and donate, and you can be the lucky winner. Donate 10 times so your name is in there even faster. And maybe your winner, your card gets pulled, and you get to star in your own show. All right, with all that being said, Today, we have the fabulous Jacques coming on. So, I'm going to see if he's ready because I have not seen him like punch in yet, but I'm going to go ahead and send him the request. And while I'm doing the request, I am going to keep talking to you guys about how incredible this movie is. All right, there are on Bobcat Moretti, there's little clips of the movie that you can go watch and see how incredible this is. Everybody loves a good boxer movie, right? I mean, I even love just putting on my boxing gloves and going in to the gym or going in anywhere, even just standing in the mirror and just, come on, let's go, let's go. Everybody loves a boxing movie. It's like, yeah, get it on, right? Come on, boxing movie. We all need a superhero. And Tim Roberto starring as Bobby, Bobcat Moretti, he is our boxing hero living with multiple sclerosis and also dropping over a hundred pounds of weight so far since he started prepping and training for this movie. Yes, fabulous, right? Uh-huh. Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining. Um, I don't think Jacques is ready yet. He could be setting up his um, camera. Let's see. I will give him a couple more seconds to come on. And with all of that, I'm going to give you the link while we are waiting for him to come on. So you can go to Please Donate to GoFundMe campaign for Bobcat Moretti, Knockout MS Obesity with Bobcat Moretti. A portion of the proceeds will go to the organization of a foundation. Thank you for joining us today. I love it when you guys all come on. Look at all these people coming in. This is amazing. You got like your ring right here every Wednesday. We are going live every Wednesday right here with the most amazing people in the world. And I just saw that our lead actor just signed in. Hi, Tim. How are you? All right, let's try to get Jacques again one more time. Hold on, let's see. Where are you? I think it's just one of those things with me that is kind of like 
every Tuesday. I just gotta keep keeping you guys entertained. I gotta put on my boxing gloves. Tim, by the way, I love that photo you posted today. Uh-huh, good photo. Great photographer. I wonder who that may be. <laughs> All right, Tim, I'm ready to get in the ring with you. Ready? Come on, gonna let right, left, right, left. Yes. All right, come on. Guys, I want to start seeing boxing gloves like this from all of you. Give me some punches out there. If you guys got that little emoji, start sending me some punches for this amazing podcast that is coming up. You can also listen to all of this on Apple and Spotify with live with Domri. So go out, start following me there, and then you can download all of your favorite episodes. With all of that, it looks like we are still having some trouble getting Jacques in here, and I think it just must be a Wednesday. It's hump day, and everyone's trying to get over that hump, right? Let's send him one more request and see what's going on. All right, hold on. Come on, Jacques. Where are you? Okay, 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 okay. I got him. He knows he's coming on. We already had our pre-talk, so let's hope he's okay. Jess, if you get a chance, can you go into Jacques' Instagram and send him a message for me? Thank you, Jess. Give me some, some of the boxing gloves. Yes. Best photographer. Thank you, Tim. Mwah. Okay, so what else do you guys want to know about the movie while we are waiting for our guest to come on? Ask me a question. I might be able to answer it and I might not because I'm kind of in a, like a zip zone on not giving too much away with the movie. Thanks, Jess. So, Tim, how are you feeling today? There you are! <laughs> yes! Welcome! All right, we got Jacques in the house. Thank you for having me. Thank you. All right, I was entertaining our audience while we were waiting for you to come on live with us, and thank you so much. So, yeah, to the my... audience today, everybody, thank you so much for joining us live here at Bobcat Moretti in the Ring, and we've got Jacques with us today. And you need to go follow his Instagram because. He has the best workouts, right? Come on, say yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think I just got got a little bit of shyness from you. Yes, you have amazing no, workouts. Be, thank you. I try and be modest. I try and be uh, coming up with. Uh, Sorry, my speaker is going to dock for some reason. Uh, I, I keep trying to be ahead of the curve, I guess, and try and come up with something that people can learn from. Uh, I think when I want people to see my profile on my work and think that's something I can, that's something I can learn from this guy or this person, this training is professional. And um, yeah, that's, I, I hope it's entertaining and people like my stuff. So thank you. I appreciate that. Well, it's incredible. And I mean, I've been following you now for two years and your workouts are amazing. And yes, I've tried many of them on my own. And oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> sometimes they work, sometimes they didn't. But I love that you really 
are inspiring and the way that you do slow motion workouts that anyone following along can try to do it. And then you also um, are a professional coach in TRX professional training. So explain to us a little bit about your background before we go into the full training process that people can try to do at home by watching your Instagram. Sure. So as, as you mentioned, a TRX coach with Equinox, I've been with them for most of my training career, oh, between five and almost six years now. That is the gold standard of personal training with the company. It's one of the most elite levels of training in general, or the most in-depth series of uh, analysis with semi number of screens, seven to be exact of your overall health and wellness. And it just really enables us to not only be best prepared to train with a client or, uh, or should I say, best prepared to get you to where you want to be in, in not just performance, but in, in, in your life as well. Because there's so many hours in the week that a trainer doesn't have the accountability of working with you in the sense that you Right, there's only two or three hours I see the, sorry, my dog's in the way, um, <laughs> he wants to be part of it. Uh, there's so many, so many hours a trainer can spend with a client, so how you eat, how you sleep, how you recover after show, there's so many hours that could be, the, the, the cause of variance in how your body responds to a, a workout. So, um, I'm almost, I was a part of the question, sorry, I'm completely blank, it was uh, how, I, how people, why people should train me, or how, how I got into it, sorry. It was, why should people come over, follow your page, and start training with you? Because you are so amazing with how you show all of your individual workouts, how you inspire others to really get out there, and the fact that you don't need a gym to train. Right. So that's what I really love. And so let's talk about that. So you are a professional coach with Equinox in New York mm -hmm. City. Um, that's right. But you also do training this way as well. Yeah, I train virtually. I train people outside of Equinox also. Um, I, as you just mentioned, have found a way to train not only outside of gyms, but through injuries. I've had something I should say as well as very specific to me is I've had three knee surgeries, one hand surgery, um, and really when I became a trainer, I didn't have a niche or specialty. I just was... I could do a few things. I could move while I played sports for my whole life. I played rugby and a little bit of tennis. I played a, a bit of ice hockey. That's like my latest thing. And just, I, I was never great at any of the sports I did. I always loved playing them. But I, so I always felt I had some familiarity with moving. I'm moving well, at least I thought I did. So adding an injury to it really changed my perspective. It really made me think, oh, I can't do this, can't do that. And it really helped me realize, so kettlebells, one, was my saving grace because if anyone with knee injuries, you use so much knee flexion or bending you can do, and then your body just needs rest in between those sessions and those days. Mm -hmm. And um, it ultimately allowed me to train, not necessarily train through an injury, but train so you can strengthen yourself from injury or, or, or to prevent any injuries in general. And... It's really helped me be so specialized with working people with injuries, um, most specifically low body, but even upper body. I'm just very sensitive to that. I know if someone mm -hmm. has an impingement here, I know that the window of pain, if it exceeds seven days, okay, we need to see a professional, whether it's a physical therapist, a doctor, uh, you need to see someone about it because unfortunately, you're not going to go to sleep and the problem be gone. That's not how the body works. I've learned that the hard way and for mm -hmm. a number of years. But I also firmly believe that the person or, or, or between one of us, 
whenever we have a procedure, whatever it is, I firmly believe you can be stronger than before the procedure. But because there's not one blueprint of getting to that, that point of where you were, or of that ultimate pinnacle of uh, whether it was peak fitness or whether it was um, habits in general you had, mm-hmm. routine, whatever it was, I think you can get back to it and further path. And I think that's what surgeries had allowed me to really understand is that, oh, you think because you're going to be on crutches for three to four weeks, whatever, that you're never going to be able to get there. And trust me, it's really humbling not being able to walk when you wake up and you can't feel your limb. You know, there's no way I can get there. And it's the second and third time I knew that it's just, you have to just take time. And it does get, and maybe this is first of all problems, but it does get depressing. When you're injured and you remember, or you want, let's say you watch a video, it's depressing knowing you could have done something two weeks ago, but the the journey makes it all the much sweeter when you get to an angle or where you were prior to the impact. It's so much I love that you've said that several yeah. times. And I and I really want to point that out because there's so many people in the world that train, 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 train. And either they have an accident or a boxer or a runner mm. or anyone in the training field of any sport, right? And right. they're fit. And then all of a sudden, something happens to their body. They're down and out. And yeah, right. it gets extremely depressing. And if you have a foot injury, you never realize how important your two feet are until they're taken away. Oh, yeah. If yeah. you have... Anything lower body is... Right? But even yeah. if you have an injury of the upper body and you've been training and taken six weeks off to heal if you like broke your wrist or whatever that mindset turns to the spiral downhill but as you are saying you can actually come back stronger and better than you were before and better yeah. yes it's harder it's it you don't necessarily believe it and i think whenever any of us and any of my clients can testify to this in the beginning at least is oh when i was let's say 10 years ago i was at my peak and but often when we talk about peaks, I hear the common theme is the sustainability isn't there. So if that was your peak physical condition or mental state, but was it sustainable? And a lot of people, when I answer, when I ask them that, they respond saying no. I was actually so miserable with how I ate. And it's not to say you can never get into that condition, but it's okay. So understanding that you weren't necessarily that happy when you're in that condition. So let's work in a more natural, more sustainable way to that point and pass it. And that's why I speak with clients. Don't necessarily, I never necessarily assume that with a client, when you reach a goal, that it's a fin- finite path. It's the way I look at it as almost like you're climbing and you maybe take a, like a few lateral progressions along the way. Um, but that's, but it, it is a lot to do with mental as well because... Uh, so how do you get your client that was your client, has an injury, wants to come back how do you get them to refocus on the point of okay i know it's difficult i know you think you can't get there but there's gaston yourself um (laughs) you know to the point of okay i can get there okay jacques knows i can get there i can get there i can get there but while you're training them you see the physical and mental distress within their face and the shaking of the body while it's trying to build that back up 
from the fatigue and yeah. also from thinking, am I going to get injured again? Because right. that yeah, happens a lot. Yeah. So how so do think, you keep that in line with them to keep them on that path? So a lot of it is just transparency. And a lot of it comes down to not just the movement component, but how they're regenerating. So what I mean by that is how they're recovering, how they're eating. Because they could be walking as hard as anything with you, but if, they, if they're eating like crap and they're not sleeping anything, or well enough, sorry, it, it almost, the movement part almost doesn't matter. When people try and find the best recovery tools or supplements, just sleep. Sleep is your, it's the most inexpensive recovery tool. It's this, it, anyone can do it. I know that sometimes time is a different factor and you have mm -hmm. only so many hours in the day, but it, you need to make sure you sleep. I know that everyone wants the, the blueprint or the magic, the million dollar answer. It, it's really simple as making sure you sleep because if you sleep, your mood is so much better. Your hormone balance is so much better. Your, when I mention your hormonal balance is better. Your, your nutritional decisions are better as well. And it all fits in. But it's all about being patient. And it's so much easier to sell the, your recovery in four weeks. And we see these athletes. I like to use Roger Federer as an example because he had a knee injury. and He had a very small thing, but he had a surgery the same time my first one. And he was already playing a month after he had wow. practicing. Right. So, and I was still at this point. My first procedure, I was on crutches for five weeks. So I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, wow. I mean, he's he's already playing. I'm still on crutches. And yes, he's also just a phenomenal talent. But the, it, it's, it's hard to, when you see those, you almost make those comparisons. But you you, ha, you have to know that everyone's everybody's a little bit different. But um, you have to be patient. Like I, You can see something or see someone else. And that's just in general movement as well, or, or, or even goals related is that you can see someone do a movement or I say PR or just eat. Or when we see people eat worse than us and look better at us, that can be very infuriating as well. And you can have someone put in way more work than another individual, not see quite the same results. But the idea. The, so, the why do you think that is, happens? I mean, I know the answer, but let's yeah. tell the audience why that happens. When you are, when think, you are so focused on training just as hard as someone else but you're not seeing the results of someone else. There's key things that those people are doing, which is yeah. nutrition, which is right. sleep, plenty yeah. of water, plenty of protein right, yes. drinks, yeah, and well, staying away from the junk food. Staying away from the junk food, but I think that genetics play a big role, part, a big, big part of it as well. How, like if, if me and you had the same meal, our bodies would not necessarily process it exactly the same. Mm -hmm. If we did the same workout, and even if we were, if we were, in a, we were almost in like, uh, even we we're a little bit closer in age, for example, our bodies would still respond a little different. Mm -hmm. I still believe if you had a twin, identical, the responses on your body would be identical. So if you take that into consideration, if we do the same workout and eat the same, my body might not be tolerant to the same foods your body is tolerant to. Your body might respond a bit, might be better breaking down certain macronutrients. So it's so hard to say that's why there is no blueprint. And that, that's unfortunately when we want to find these workouts or, and I know I promote workouts on Instagram, but my message behind when I promote the workouts or the movement patterns is I never say this is the pattern that's going to give you the big arms. One, because I don't have big arms, but two, because your body might respond differently, right? It's not, so that's why a lot of it is just patience and some of it as well is understanding, as you just mentioned, when those people are sleeping better or eating better, oh, you don't know 
what the whole picture of them working out looks like. You don't exactly. know, like you mentioned, they might be sleeping 10 hours a day you, mm-hmm. and you only get to sleep eight, right? And I don't say that's a, the factor, that's a difference between you being in a better shape, better less shape or whatever it is, but you don't know the full picture. Maybe you compare to someone, right? And you don't know how long they've been doing the, the move patterns or the working out. It's, uh, it's, it's so hard, but it, 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 it's so natural. It's natural uh, mental state. We find ourselves comparing constantly. Um, I think males do it probably more than females. I no, I don't think that's true. I think females, Jacques, I have to I have to say, I think that might be even. I think males okay. compare themselves to males at a male level. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> and right, right. how much muscle and gosh, that guy is ripped. And I need to do yeah. so many more sit-ups. But females yeah. do it too. In their own way? In okay, our I'll own way, that. females look at another female like wow she's ripped well okay what is her routine how old is she is she dealing with autoimmune is she not so like you said there could be twins and each twin is could be training eating doing the same thing over and over and over and they both respond differently right yeah so it's that's why it's so hard to uh i i can when someone comes to welcome me and they say i want to be this ripped the other thing as well I forgot to mention is understanding what the process t- looks like take, and takes time with. So when these people, uh, it, it, they're very glamorous examples, but let's say Chris Hemsworth did a store, for example, it we can see, they can write down his workout, but we don't know the details of how much he eats or, or, or how intense his training sessions when he does those workouts. There's so many other variables that we don't know. So, but when, I'll never forget uh, a coworker uses analogy. Uh, he had a client, and uh, he's like, "I want to get ripped in two to four weeks." And my my coworker laughed. He said, "How long would it take me to be as financially wealthy as you? Could I do it in two to four weeks?" And he laughed. So he says, "Well, that is financial a, wealth." That's know, such financial. a great analogy. Let, yeah. Can you repeat that again so people actually yeah. are hearing this? Because I've never heard it put that way before, but holy moly, does that make sense? Right. Okay, so, go ahead. Uh, my coworker has a client. Client says, I want to get ripped in two to four weeks. Is it possible? Trainer says, well, can I be as financially wealthy as you in two to four weeks? Can I reach your, fin- how long would it take me to reach your financial wealth? And he said years, right? So as my coworker said, well, my physical wealth took me years. So two to four weeks, you could argue that, yeah, you could make a little bit of money on the, with certain, like trading and stocks, but you're not, again, you're not, it's not years worth of wealth. So that analogy is just to illustrate that, when, like, again, when you're making comparisons of like, he's ripped or she's ripped or she's got better out or whatever it may be, factor in, they might have been doing this for 15, 20, 25, 30, you don't know, right? And then the people that are the most consistent are the ones that are just, have the routine down. I'll tell you that when I go to the club at 6 a.m., I see the same people every single day. Why? Because they've been doing it for years and they're in some of the better shape. But that's just because they're they're creatures of habit. And it's not because out of the blue, they said, I'm going to do seven, seven days a week straight starting in January. There's nothing wrong with starting in January as there's nothing wrong with starting in September after the summer. But you just need to say, it's also whenever you come out of not having worked out, you need to set yourself rid of expectations. If you've gone from not doing a habit, say working out, in months and you go straight to three to four times a week 
A lot of these people fall off because the habit isn't sustainable and it's too much. It's okay if you're signing January, September after summer to do two days a week. That's fine. You won't do anything prior. Just have those two days a week and own them. If you have a third day, that's a bonus. That's perfect. But make it so you can do two days a week through the whole year, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's just about being sustainable long-term. I think, could you do seven days a week until your 40s, 50s, 60s? Depends how intense. Let me know that intense. So you have, but you have to see what intensity you're trying to do. If one of those days is stretching or one of those days is mobility, that's a different factor. But you have to, the other thing I'd say as well is you have to move and train as if you want to live for as long as possible. If you want a short-lived life and you want to train with form that could hurt you in the long run, that's your choice, but I wouldn't recommend it. So it, that could, but I, I, I think, I don't know if that's a male thing, but sometimes you have to take the ego out, but like taking the weight off the bar, moving well before you move heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately when you move well, you end up progressing to heavier loads at a smoother and sustainable rate, as opposed to just putting weight on the bar and going heavy. The sooner you, and that took me a long time as well. I, I've never been like one of the strongest people with my coworkers, but that when, as soon as I realized Start thinking smarter, start thinking for the future, start thinking of ways your body just wants to be strongly, more strongly built for the future. You change the game. And as you mentioned, when I was walking out outside, that changed everything because playing with a steel mace, that's a whole new skill my central nervous system just isn't accustomed to. Doing the gymnastics rings, which still to this day kick my butt. Um, and, and that's so humbling. As so well. how do you as... recover? How you, I mean, because you're nonstop training, and you're not just training in one particular zone. Like, you're not just the bodybuilder. You're not just the, like, a runner or doing kettlebell or anything. You're, yeah. like, multifaceted training all different things. So let's say, you know, we've got a boxer because this is, you know, Bobcat Moretti, boxer, boxing movie. They, they're not just in the gym boxing a bag. They literally have to train their entire body top to bottom. So tell me how you would get an actor ready to perform as a boxer like Bobcat Moretti starting off and getting him to the final end of the movie. How would you how start long, that first? How long do we have? Uh, we have, have? We let's just say we have six to nine months of filming. Okay, right. So I think the first thing is, I mean, the very first thing is seeing how he moves, seeing what his capabilities and any limitations are. But then ultimately, it's a strength training program at least three times a week. Okay. Because again, this also you have to consider if he's trained prior to this point as well. If he's been training consistently for years. He has, a, he has a stronger foundation and more solid base. Okay, so I let's... really start... Let's... Uh, Jacques, let's put it this way then. Let's put it where... Exactly where we're at with the movie Bobcat Moretti. You know, we've got Tim that has multiple sclerosis and he's fighting the obesity because of the disease holding him back for so many years. And now he's got a trainer and he's like, I really want to box one day. Right? Mm-hmm. And I really want to change my life. So you're going to be dealing with someone that has um, a weight issue, but also the determination to get rid of that. And then the mm. determination to get through the pain of any, let's just say any disease, but let's really recommend the multiple sclerosis. 
and right. they're moving forward and they're doing well, but then they have a setback. So get me through that six to nine months of how you're going to be able to train this person with two major issues in their body that ha- that have yes. maybe never trained before in their life uh, unless they were in school. Okay. No, that's no, I like the specificity. So MS and obesity, you said, right? Yep. So I honestly... We're 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 uh, we're gonna consider doing three strength days and then the days in between long walks. Uh, strength days really doesn't have to be heavy weights, but I want them moving. I want them to build a foundation of being able to be ready for when we do get to the weights. Uh, there'll be some ability in there to make sure that the ranges and their joints are optimal to again do those heavier lifts, which yield to the more demanding patterns in the body, which which can help drive the fat loss. Uh, the long the long walks on the days off are because if we keep a heart rate in a certain zone, they're going to stay in the fat burning zone and make sure that they use fat as the first reserves of energy. So and, what should uh, the heart rate be for that, for people that don't know? It depends, depends on the person. But ultimately, you want to stay, if you if you know what your optimal, that's where, a, uh, that's where a, doing an aerobic um, uh, metabolic rate assessment is, is, is useful because you know those ranges. But ultimately, if you have an idea, if you know your doctor uh, and, and or cardiologist telling you these details, I would say you really want to stay in the high end of zone one up to the lower end of zone three for okay. low intensity. Okay. But again, if you're going for a walk, your heart rate's not that elevated anyway. But that's really the, the heart rate zone you want to stay in. And, and again, if you're someone who's heavy or heavier, as you said, that's a low impact exercise in the joints as well. Mm-hmm. And it's ultimately, again, it's something you do pretty much every day walking, but you're just going to prioritize it for a set time, a specific uh, distance perhaps. So I would look just as an example, the first few months, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, strength training, not necessarily heavy weights, but just getting them used to doing the patterns, get them accustomed to get that solid base. Okay. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays, or we can even break it up so that Thursday's a day off and then Saturday is a low intensity. I also like having a day, not just two days off back to back, but a day off in between sessions. So doing three days day off, two days off. I think that could be more practical, help with the recovery. But it, it also has to be, even though it's a six and nine month transformation, I also don't want to burn the person out where they have a really bad relationship with working out. Because if we go completely crazy or hammer it, they may they may completely fall out of love with working out and training. And remember why they're doing it in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, although we love, we those quick transformations are more are, are usually more glamorized. It, it has to be something that's sustainable, a long term, and healthy. Because we hope that past the six to nine month period, this still on this trajectory of helping with MS, pretty much overcome the obesity. You know, if, if there's no diabetes scares, they don't have any anymore. So that's what you'd want to do. As I saw, what I want to do as a coach is set them up past six to nine months. If they are still doing those habits. After long working with me, for example, I've done my job. Um, so, do you do you make them accountable? Do you make them like a, ch- a yeah. like a check in every uh, two weeks, like a weigh in, a check in? How are you feeling? What have you changed? And he, they either say my fatigue from the multiple sclerosis, and just mm. just fatigue from losing, like carrying the weight with me which is also hard on all of your organs, all of your heart, everything, the blood flow, but they're doing everything you ask, but then mm. you realize, okay, they're either not getting enough protein 
and you ask them the question how much protein they should be really taking care of. So do you give them a guidebook of like detail of protein, time workout, best time to go to sleep, when to do the walks and the cardio, when to do this and that. So you as a professional trainer training someone with this the disease and it also could be diabetes it also could be heart Mm, um but with the movie that we're talking about bobcat moretti with coming in um dealing with ms which is a very traumatic disease and sometimes shuts us down and a lot of times makes us extremely depressed and the depression kicks in and it's like you're trying to build serotonin by working out and you're getting your endorphins up there but then you hit the fatigue part so this is like the battle that the people face with a trainer and themselves and the mirror reflection of i'm doing it i'm doing it, i'm doing it but i'm not seeing a result but then it's like wow all of a sudden two months pass there's changes Mm. so how do you keep them motivated to keep moving so honestly i think sometimes some of the excuse me some of the more practical approaches i can tell someone everything they should do that's not always the best method because i can list what to do how to do it when to do it the best rapport is when i have the conversation with the person and we find out what's most realistic for them if i told them they have to have so much protein in a day but let's, for example, let's imagine a person's plant-based, right? And that's the one example I've had in the past where, well, all the animal protein I suggested, I mean, I'm a bit more familiar than I was a year ago with plant protein, but you have to factor that in. So I could tell you, you should have pork and chicken and this and that. But if the person doesn't apply to that, okay, I have to make the modification and we'll find what's best for the person. Same with a, the with a protein intake. It can be a lot hard to understand. I think that you can still make gains and, and progress if you think the protein is under a little bit. As long as what you're eating is clean, Honestly, and the alcohol intake is very minimal. Those are some of the rules to go by. Uh, so I, I have done check-ins on frequent basis, but I think it's never making them feel guilty if they haven't seen the progress in the sense that I want to help you. I don't want to make you feel, I don't want to guilt you into feeling bad you make progress, but I'm there to help you. It's mm-hmm. not there to, yes, I want to keep us both accountable, one, for you to make the progress, and two, for me to be able to, to be there for you from when you need it. So it's more, I think that's more successful, a more successful approach is to make modifications and come up with a modified plan with some sort of baseline, as, as what you said, with two-week check-ins, making sure, but I ultimately think if you're just eating clean every meal and it'd be about a fifth serving full, full of protein, say a handful of carbs and one to two handfuls of vegetables, a thumb of fat, if you generally follow that rule, you're not spending too much time weighing on your food because I find that tedious and I don't do it. I think it's, I don't have the time or the patience for that myself. So I don't know if I'd expect clients to have that sort of patience, right? So I'm, I'm very- Thank you for being honest. Myself. By the way, thank you for being I, honest right there. You're training clients and you're giving them a food plan and moving forward, but you find it tedious yourself to stay on such a regimented food plan because we are human and it, you know, it's boring, it's tedious. And that's why if, but as long as you constantly have it somewhere in that seven days of the week, 
you're yeah, doing well. I think that's why, yeah, and that's why if we spoke about this same individual that has a six to nine month journey and there is the obesity, this is a concerning factor. If, if, if they're already eating with an area of opportunity every single day in the sense that they're not eating clean at all, if I made them eat clean seven days a week, they're going to be miserable. They're not going to enjoy it. There would be maybe a, a, a breach point where they get over it, but you're not going to be successful with a large percentage of people in that fashion. So if I said, all right, give me four days out of the week that you eat what we're speaking about and totally clean, and the other three days you could own. Or if I say, I think I prefer one or two days that you own whatever you want to eat. And that might sound controversial, but if we talk about, again, longevity, a year to two in the week, if you're eating clean five out of the seven days, as opposed to, because there's a reason why they're called diets. They're not long lasting. There's no diet to, to maintain. I've not heard of one, right? Diets are to lose weight. And if you revert back to your old habits, guess what? Whether it's the weight gain, whether it's, they come back because diets are not meant to be long-term, long-lasting. So mm -hmm. if you could own, that's why when I speak to people and, and clients or whoever it is, own five days of the week. And you ate ice cream? Okay, that's fine. As long as you're not crushing ice cream every night, we're fine. You're you're okay. It's healthy. I think you're you're in a healthier state mentally as well. If you're having the foods that you like, if I say to you, all right, that Sunday, eat whatever you want. The chances are by Sunday after a whole day of hanging out eating, you're you're kind of sick of it and you're ready to go back to it. But if every week you get that one day and you kind of get your fix, you're way better equipped for progress in the long term. You're still getting a when I used to meet people in the assessments originally, I didn't really say this anymore because I don't eat as much, but I used to tell them I had Oreos every week, I had pizza every week. And it's not that, oh, you're not going to tell them it's hot. Oreos and pizza, I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't, no, no, it's okay. I don't really have Oreos anymore because I know my limit. I know that if I get a box, I crush the box, so I don't really eat it. But pizza I have every week, once a week, but because I don't have it every night. And I, it's, to me, the habit and the, and the, uh, was the tradition, but the, the routine of it is it's Saturday nights, and that's because Saturdays I have one meal on Sunday, but I, I stick to it, and I have a little bit of it every week. I think that's an important factor going forward. It's more realistic, and again, I don't measure my food, and that's why I wouldn't expect my clients, but you have to think about when we consume foods, what real nutrients can I grab from this? I'll mm -hmm. tell you a funny story. I have had someone tell me before they described the McDonald's but painted it in a healthy manner. They said I had chicken, I had bread, lettuce, and potatoes. It was a McChicken sandwich with fries. But they painted it as, yeah, happened, real, real story. When you dig a little deeper, because they're not lying by telling me they had chicken and bread, and they're not lying, but they painted it in a way that makes it sound, oh, you're having chicken, lettuce, and potatoes. Like you're having real you have to dig deeper. And that's when you talk about these check-ins and conversations I'm having, you know, I like to do food log with pictures because if someone's having a salad, you can have salads every day, but what you don't know is how much seasoning and sauce they're putting. So when I had that with, when I would see pictures of salads of clients and some salads were just cake and sauce. Okay. That changes the game. That's very different. So it's, it's, that can help too is show me a picture. I'm not saying you're not eating these things, but show me a picture. You know, um, 
But then you, you, you get in a rhythm, you find what works for you as, as a person, as a client, or as a person trying to overcome these things. But as, as you, said, you, said, you said so yourself a little bit earlier, when you have these things long term, it's not a battle you're going to win in one day anyway. So if you just get a step closer to helping that battle, to being a bit stronger, to be better equipped for it, like little bit by bit every day, mm-hmm. then that's as long as you're in the right direction and you're making that positive climb. You, I, I, I saw someone earlier mention this story. It's really, I really like this. You never gain all that weight in one day, so you're not going to lose it one day. So that's why just stick with it. That all that weight, if someone's gained weight, they didn't lose, they didn't gain it one day. It was weeks and weeks or months or whatever it was. It, that's kind of like being pregnant. You don't get pregnant one, one week and then in nine months in one day. It's congrats. It's like gradually moving, and then after you have the baby, there are many people that have a baby and then they lose, just drop the weight automatically. But then there are some women that it took a long time to like get, and you never really get back to where you were. So the person, people that we're talking about that want to move forward, that live with multiple sclerosis, that have the daily battles, that have other issues that they're dealing with of their own selves or things they cannot control. That mm-hmm. this is like a constant, I feel, in the world of workouts. It, it feels like a constant wheel of a little gerbil r- running on his like treadmill. And he's going and going and every day and he's on that treadmill. Well, that gerbil still looks the same, right? Mm-hmm. When you yeah, kind of really I mean, think about it, it's so it's like we, like you were saying, nobody is the same, nobody can eat the same, nobody can train the same. So it's basically about mindset between your coach and you. Yeah, and 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 just be completely transparent with the coach. If you know the, like I mentioned Thor earlier, but Thor was probably training six days a week, probably twice a. Day. He doesn't do that long term. He doesn't sustain that. So if we know that's expectation of, and he, he, we just have to be realistic. And also, sometimes when we did, I, I hear a lot about, I want to be this number of weight. I want to be 190 pounds. I mean, this. Sometimes you can be so much happier, a few pounds heavier, if you don't even think. Sometimes the numbers can really like screw our heads up. And, and I think just being this, and, and Instagram can just do all things sometimes as well. And, in social media and just in general, like the media can just do a lot of things. And just, I think if you, it's so much easier said than done, but you can find yourself in a, in a healthy state mentally and be happy and be at peace with it. It's so much easier said than done. But um, I think feeling stronger is, has a lot more value than looking strong. That's, I really think that. I think, you know, I think in, and uh, the Batman of Christian Bale, he's got a log on his back. He's on the floor and he's in, in, in uh, uh, my, uh, Michael Caine's character says, what's mm-hmm. the point of those push-ups? He can't lift the bloody log. And he's, he's in such great shape and whatever. And it, it's just an analogy like that where you can be strong, but if you're not real life strong, it, you, I think you should. I think it's more important to feel strong, to feel secure, to be confident. It, it has a lot more values of looking. That's mm-hmm. my personal take. Um, so, but I, I think just there's no, unfortunately, there's never one answer. There's never one blueprint. And whether it's the conversations with your coach, I think that's why those conversations are some of the most important. Because if I was to give a plan, 
it could seem trainer-centered, where I'm the trainer, I'm the coach, I know what works, here's the plan. Whereas, as I mentioned earlier, if someone was plan-based, or someone isn't tolerant to certain kinds of carbohydrates, or proteins, or fats, whatever it is, that's why the conversation happens, and it becomes more client-centered. It becomes more focused and appropriate and specific for the client. That's why I mentioned when we do at Equinox, or even in general, my conversations, when we do a series of screens, analysis, it's because I want to get the most, I want to know the full picture and get the most detailed, specific habits, routines, and workouts for you. You know, just because said workout has worked for every 40-year-old female I worked with before, doesn't mean it's going to work with the next one. It's so different. And that's why when someone says, how long should it take me to lose weight? They, it, it's never a BS answer, but I can never tell you exactly how long. And mm-hmm. if I promise you it's going to happen in two weeks, I'd be setting myself up for failure and you. I'd be lying because we don't know how those things take. And it's frustrating because we want to hit, because we pull the work in. If we do three to four times, we want to hear that, okay, in this many weeks, we'll lose this fat. There's a lot of trends and studies that support and should suggest that, yeah, one to two pounds of fat loss a week is healthy. And But again, when you get to a certain weight, that's a lot harder to do because you have less uh, body fat to lose. But gotcha. it's, it's really, so yeah, it's really what happens when you plateau? What happens when you have been training, 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 and you start to see amazing results in your body? You're super mm-hmm. stoked. And then for some reason, the body plateaus and it, it's kind of like in that stuck zone. And you're, right. you're all of a sudden you're training even harder, but you're not seeing a difference. Is that when we need to really look at? okay, maybe I need to turn, change the training routine as well as the food routine. I think the food routine is, you could change the food routine. I'm okay with that. I, I wouldn't say that's the primary thing, but as you mentioned, the training routine, I mean, there's so many variables you can have in the training world. It, it just, I would say it blows my mind, but you can always come up. So we joke that in gyms, Monday's international chest day. Okay. Why is it? Why do you do every single Monday? Why don't you do on Tuesdays? Why don't you bench press last instead of first? How, how are you changing it? Do you always go above? When I speak to people, oh, I just always do it. Okay, should we change or how? Just for example, push-ups. People always associate a push-up with being a chest exercise. It is, but it's more about your trunk. If your trunk can't fire effectively, if your trunk is trash, your push-ups are going to be trash. Your chest press is going to be. Every exercise you do requires flexibility, so your core in the in the more common world. And if you don't walk that, you'll see weakness in all your patterns. But what going back to your point, when you talk about changing your routine, have you always used barbells? Have you always used dumbbells? Okay, there's a lot of studies to suggest when you use asymmetric loads. So if you were doing dumbbell bench press, one heavier, one lighter. That sounds odd, but you'd have one lighter, one heavier. Trust me, your core, your trunk, because it's receiving a stress in the body with different weights, it has to work and respond a little differently. So how often are we doing that? Are we are we mixing in a pull with a push, right? Yeah. And I posted yeah. something the other week about that because we don't usually do that. It's not that common. It's also, when you think about patterns in everyday life, you put something into a shelf. You push the door open. A lot of these patterns are individual for the most part, right? I pick up suitcases from the floor. Okay, so... How do you mix these patterns? It's a lot about you have to you have to mix the patterns and the routine, uh, but also what are your what are your set rep ranges? Are you always doing three by ten? 
Okay, are you going to do five by six? Are you going to do four by fifteen? Are you supersetting? Are you? I I hate the fact that people say leg day. I think you should do lower body twice. It's half your body, right?、Mm-hmm. It's more demanding on your body to do a lot. It's more demanding in general to do lower body exercises. You burn more calories, more taxing on the body. You should do at least two lower body days in a week, in my opinion, and that's what my routine is: at least two lower body, even upper bodies, if and when I fit them in. That's my priority, and I think that's how it should be more lower body.、Uh, I never understood why you just do one, but that—that's an example. One. Why don't you do two or three? I bet you you would see differences if you did two or three lower body days. It doesn't have to be you do the same thing.、Okay. There's so many more ways of doing the same pattern with different tools.、Um, but if you're seeing a plateau. I think what's important, whether you're by yourself, whether you're with a coach, is to sit down, look at the plan, look at the routine. If you scale it back to the past, I don't know, two or three months, and it looks pretty identical, well, there's there's the issue right there. If you're training identical, the body knows. It takes it takes the body typically four to six weeks to become autonomous to exercise to register and understand how to do it. So if you've been doing it for months and years, the body's not really, and your central nervous system isn't. You're not really challenging the body,、anymore. right? You, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and I think the other thing I'm very big on is doing asymmetrical patterns, but also、um, staggered stance patterns. So when you're from the ground, doing a stance is staggered because if I, if you drop your purse, I drop my wallet. We probably wouldn't do a regular deadlift to pick it up. We would be somewhat staggered and reach of one hand. So that's more translational. Transferable to everyday life. So, if you, I mentioned feeling stronger, you, I just think you're better equipped to. And also, the other thing I'd say about the plateau is, we we often as humans do too much loaded linear movements. So bench press, squat, curls, those are loaded linear. If we did multi-planar, so more than the one plane, and it unloaded as well as loaded. We just we need to make sure that our bodies get. In essence, really, what I'm getting at is we need to make sure that our body, our central nervous system, is doing more guesswork. If you've been doing something for two, three months, autopilot. Oh, a bench! I always start benching on Monday. I know it's my routine. Yeah, but that's the other thing as well. Oh, this is what I love doing. It's my routine, but I want to see change. Well, one has to give. If you want again, on one hand, I'm hearing you love your routine, but on the other hand, you're not seeing change. You want to see change. Guess what? Got to change your routine, change. right? And it doesn't necessarily have to be you never bench press again or you never squat again, but come back to it in four six weeks.、Mm-hmm. Swatch it out with something. Again, you don't have to change your routine, but you're coming. You're coming to me, telling me that you want to see changes, and you're at a plateau. Yeah. Well, guess what? If you want to, you want to see some changes. You can't take an exact identical workout. Everything be the same. I mean, I think scientifically, you would see gradual progress. But aesthetically or, or visually, you might not see it. I still think you would get it, but maybe not dramatically as well. So, with that all being said, this also has an awful lot to do with chemistry、mm-hmm. from a female's body to a male's body, and how the body burns fat and the age that you're at. Correct. So, when when your body reaches a certain Change level between thirty, you're still burning fat just sitting down. You hit your forties, it starts to change. Your body's changing. If you're a female, you probably have had children. If you're a male, you're now changing because as we get older, all of the things that are in our DNA are aging. 
just like we are. Our uh-huh. heart is aging. Our you know, our muscles are aging. They're not as responsive as they were when they were 20, 30, 40, right? And right. so that's where you start to see in today's world the, you know, late 30s to 50s, there's this like, what happened? Where did I go, right? Mm. Like, I, I was always like this. And I, I do this to myself constantly, and I'm the worst at it. But when I was in my 30s, I could do whatever I wanted, eat what I wanted, da 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 and I, everything fit. <laughs> and then, okay, well, now I'm in my 50s, and none of those clothes fit, and I thought I'll keep holding on to them, and this is to all the women in the world right now, but also to men, <laughs> because men do this too. You think, I'm not going to get rid of that because I'm going to get back in that. But you're never going to get back to that body again. So you have to focus on the body you have today and how your body is going to work for you today. So I, I, I like some of the points you touched on. I think I definitely want people to keep that item of clothing from 15, 20 years ago, whatever it is. I'd say this really circles back to the conversation earlier about longevity, right? We often want to see short-term change. But if you set those habits 20 years ago, it's not saying you still fit those genes, but I bet you'd be a little bit closer. I'm not saying you specifically, but in general, that's why if you set good habits up early, and it's not to say you wouldn't like the nature happens, as you said, your metabolism does slow down. You do your muscle mass does um, your bone mass may decrease, mm-hmm. but that's why training a certain style it keeps your central nervous system, it keeps your body guessing, continuously adapting to different kinds of stress. You're better preparing yourself. Like, I often get males of a certain age, I used to bet this much in high school, okay, or college, okay, how does I prepare for the real world? You know, how are you now? Oh, my shoulder, right, no shit, your whole shoulder hurts. I get it, right, because it's too much of one movement, it's too much of pushing this, right? So let's get you strong and fit for just living well into your 50s, 60s, 70s, right? It's, all oh, things don't fit the same, okay, but... Are we also training in a specific heart rate zone that helps us make sure that we are using fat as our energy source first? Yeah. You know, so it's, but that's why going crazy in our teens or 20s or 30s, it's not a bad thing, but it's not sustainable. So if we go, as you said, in your 40s and 50s, what is sustainable? And sometimes that's why when you mentioned the comparisons of say like in your 30s, you could eat or or do almost whatever you want. You get, not necessarily get away with it, but adapt pretty well. Some people were never able to do that. Say their teens or twenties, they had to make those adjustments then. And some people, as you said, I know people that are still in the sixties, seventies that never had to adjust or watch what they had to eat, and that's just their genetics are just better adap- adapted or are better equipped to deal with that. Or they're but getting you know more what? sleep, and their serotonin is normal, and yeah. their glucose and everything else is smart on track because any of those things can throw it off. Like, I literally just had all my blood work done, and I had no idea this was a factor. Um, You know, and it was, damn, of all all times, I can't even think of the word. Um, Hold on one second. I got it right here. Huge thing of blood work. So, let's say you're going to the doctors, right? And then your your client comes to you and says, I'm going to go to the doctor, and we're going to do some blood work. But normal blood work will not help you. You need to actually do a full longevity blood work panel. 
to actually see what is going on with your body. What is your body telling you? Why are you not sleeping? Or why are you waking up too much? Or, you know, why is it when I eat certain things, I don't feel so good? Well, that has an awful lot to do with body chemistry, um, cortisol. There we go. That's the word. So my cortisol, my cortisol um, spiked. This is this is truth. This is like honest truth right here. You know, I thought I could stay this way forever. My cortisol went up 23.0. That is From high. Last, when was the last time? Last time it was uh, 161. Still too high. Mm-hmm. So let's put this into perspective of what we're dealing with everything today. I don't leave the house as often as I used to, right? Because of COVID or? Uh, COVID and just busy, busy, busy doing what I'm doing now, working, writing a book, doing whatever, doing like trying to get out into the garage and then my MS kicks in and I'm in complete fatigue. That could either come from stress or it's because my cortisol levels are way too high, which people don't pay attention to. I never did until I just got in trouble with my doctor. Like, okay, so you need to start doing cardio every day, at least 45 minutes and burning a sweat. But these so are things... So specific orders, though? Those are the specific orders of I need to burn, I have to burn a sweat or... Like because ha- if, if you didn't burn what, maybe he gave you specific heart zones to work in as well, no? No, yeah, no, we did. We do blood work all the time. So I'm on a longevity program that I work with doctors that do blood work that a typical doctor does not. So they are in my like looking at my gene pool, looking at everything that is good. My vitamins are amazing. Everything was great. But my cortisol level, not cholesterol, cortisol levels were through the roof. Through the roof. Yeah. Which is also another reason why I can't lose that tummy fat. And so, I'm exhausted and trying to play catch up all the time. So remember earlier I mentioned uh, like sleeping better and better hormonal balance. Mm-hmm. And this is not me suggesting this is what's happening to you, but those things come to mind. And it that's why sleep is. And, and I look, I've struggled to sleep my whole life. And I'm like, actually today I'm exhausted as well. But I, so... And that's, that's a big factor. Like, I know when COVID happened last year, I was working less, I was sleeping more. My workouts, to no surprise, felt so much better, every single one, because I was sleeping more. And in a, in a typical day pre-COVID, every single day, I do this not as often, but getting up a quarter of five in the morning, doing clients from 6 a.m. till noon, maybe one, maybe one, two, one after in the evening. So sleeping between about 10, 10, 30 to about 4.30-ish, it's about six, six and a half hours. I, I, don't, I don't fall asleep right away either. So it's not, it's not like as if I hit the pillow, I go to sleep. Now trying to perform on that, yeah, my hormonal balance is way out of whack. So when you talk about your cortisol levels, that, that, might, that might play with, say, you feeling hungry or cravings for sweeter or saltier things as well. That might play a role into that as well. Um, but it's, it's not easy, as, as you're saying, but um, it, it's important to be aware of that. But that's not always yeah. something that we consider um, 
but that's why sleeping is just it's it's just one of the best it's not easy <laughs> not so easy for me either but yeah. it's, it's honestly your best recovery tool it's very true and i do take naps and the days that i don't take naps i'm not doing so hot the next day that's so good um, but you know, that is also, let's throw that back into the MS gene pool. When mm. we expel a certain amount of energy, it is not the same as you living without multiple sclerosis. Right. Our expulsion of energy doing what I'm doing right now is 10 times the amount of energy of someone sitting right here well, me, or you put someone here in this seat to do this job and right. get through the interview and the pre-work and everything that you got to do, right? Or any job. Mm -hmm. They're not going to have a taxed out brain and body by the time they're done, like right. someone with multiple sclerosis. So that's a key thing that I think that the world also needs to understand of um, yeah. where we're moving forward. What are we eating? How do we change things up? It doesn't mean because you did it for five years and it was great, it works for you today. It doesn't mean right, right. you need to eat like, you know, the actress, uh, I'll say my favorite actress, Angelina Jolie. I love uh -huh. her. She's amazing. The woman is always fit. Okay. Is she normally fit? Does she train? Does she eat? But you know what? Right. I'm never going to be Angelina Jolie because I don't have the same chemistry. Mm-hmm. Genetically different right. makeup, yeah. I think that's an important thing to to speak out about often because I, it's not it's not a way of saying oh you're idol, don't bother trying, you'll never look like them. It's just okay, just be realistic of yourself that your best version of yourself will look different, and that's okay. And it's important to be happy and proud of that. It's just we it, we can get lost in the mix of it when we see a role model and it helps to stay motivated, stay on track. Yeah, I mean, look, I've, I've definitely had those men's health workouts when I was younger, and, I, and like, you know, these exercises, I do these four exercises twice a week, and I was like, damn, I'm still not getting these abs. Like, how come? Like, the magazine said so. Right. Because I wasn't, eat, I wasn't eating as well as I should have. Or I thought, and to tell you the truth, I know you mentioned protein drinks earlier, I, I thought it was protein drinks that were going to help me. The, for the, I say short time, for the five, six years I've been in this industry, you're better off eating whole natural foods before you go to protein shakes that's always something i get asked yeah if you're eating wholesome food and you're eating the right number of meals if you're a bodybuilder and you need to get a calories in and you've eaten seven meals a day you still need more protein yes that makes a lot of sense because you need to those that calorie surplus but just make sure you eat real foods it's it's and we want to go i know we have to be on the go and we have to do so much uh just go natural. Seriously, go as close to the natural source as possible, the better. That's Bless. perfect for, okay, I love that. And I love your analogy of that. And I love the mm. science behind all of that. Now let's throw two more things into the mix. Go on. Okay. Oh, so you got MS or you have uh -huh. colitis or you have sugar diabetes or you have heart failure, or you're dealing with cancer, or you're dealing with, you know, any other type of a autoimmune disease mm. that is counterbalancing being able to eat the natural foods, which then you need to go to, for instance, me, 
colitis, and MS. I've got two major diseases battling my body every day. So yeah, I had to find a protein drink that had no whey in it, that had no extra byproducts, that is all 100% vegan based with high protein. So I could just drink it and nourish my body and go. Does that mean it's going to work for everybody? No, but guess what? It works for me and nourishes my body enough. So as a trainer, you have to have like 50 different hats. Yeah, in a sense. Yeah, you have, but but, that, but I also know when to say within my scope of practice and when to pass on to someone else. So when I mentioned earlier, if someone's had an injury past seven days and we've tried, because I've, I've worked a lot with clients that have come out of surgeries or injuries in general. So if someone's had an injury past seven days, I have a specific. I have my. I have my knee doctor that I trust, and he is. He's the best. He's. A, he's one of the USA men's basketball doctors. He's a Brooklyn Nets doctor. He's. He's. He's such a great guy. above everything how good he is. But I sent almost everyone to him. He does elbows and shoulders as well. Coaching after some. So with food, I'm not a nutritionist either. So I can tell you healthy habits. But as you mentioned, if there are certain tolerances, and I have a really close friend of mine who has colitis as well, and he's telling me a little about, about about some of the struggles, and it's really, it's not easy. So I know a little bit about it. He's telling me just some foods that just flare it up. And, uh. um, yeah, so you all know too well. And I just think that's when, you said, when you're saying about being someone of many hats. Just, But that's important as a trainer as well, knowing when you can't go out of your scope. So people do want... A black and white, but I'll tell you this as well. It's quite interesting. Whenever I had, whenever when I became certified uh, through Precision Nutrition to give meal plans and through Equinox, do you know how many? Do you know how many times someone followed through long term? It wasn't often. So even if, but see, that's where it goes down to. I can give the plan, but it's way, it's a way better success route if we just have constant conversations about how the habits are going. If I give you the plan. It's maybe gone from zero to hundred too quick. It's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's just about making it's a lot of the time. It sounds like I'm regurgitating the same phrases and words, but it's a lot of the time about just setting healthy habits to begin with. But in terms of wearing the many hats, I'm a movement coach first. And I like to say I'm a injury recovery specialist. And then when it comes to nutrition, I can, again, I can tell you what works well for my body, what doesn't work well for my body. Uh, people are always shocked when they say how like oh, I just don't drink alcohol. Like I can drink, yeah, I'll have it on occasions, but I don't miss it. So you laugh, but when I give a milk plant, where's the alcohol? Well, there is no alcohol. You came to me saying you want to lose weight. Where was the alcohol going to be in it? That's going to take you back. So you want the, you know, we don't have to do this, but if you want the cleanest, you want the most practical approach of getting from A to B of being from 200 to 180 pounds, for example, Alcohol is making that process slower. You can do it if you want. I don't suggest it. And that's ultimately about the accountability of a coach as well. Not saying that you care less, but I mean, I can tell you, I'm not going to make you do it, but I'm telling you that to get to here from this position, you should do A, B, C, and D. If you do E, F, and G, up to you. I don't recommend it. But mm-hmm. that's why I mm-hmm. say, look, this is the process I recommend you should take because I can't, again, we're all grown adults, we're human beings. If you don't want to, if you're, if you're coming to see me and you pay me, you don't listen to me. <laughs> I don't know what I, so that's why sometimes I'll work with, uh, like I mentioned, the doctor, a physical therapist, and there's like a couple of clients I do work with, nutritionists. Um, and it's not that nutritionists and don't get on with personal trainers, but sometimes their thought processes are a little different. 
Um, but there's there's so many uh, crossovers of careers, and it makes it so fascinating. But when you look at the professional athletes, usually they typically have someone from each corral, right? Nutritionist, like Tom Brady. His guy does everything though because he's qualified. I think Tom Brady, I don't know what his name is, uh, but Tom Brady's guy is a massage therapist. He's a personal trainer. He's a chef of some sort. I want to say so. You get if you get a guy like that jack of all trades, then you can do it all. But yeah. But the average world cannot do that. So it's basically yeah. it's basically knowing your your limits, knowing right. what you're living with, paying attention right. to all of it, being human, knowing you're gonna fall off the train, but you gotta get back on, and then continue to really be your best advocate and CEO of you. So if I'm going to have two glasses of wine, then I shouldn't be bitching the next morning when my stomach is swollen. Right, because you know, if you know certain... Certain, certain things, certain, like, affect right, trigger, other things. Right, trigger and, certain responses. Yeah, so if exactly. You know, as you said, if you know that drinking the wine, or, or I think someone told me once they drink more than one glass of wine affects them with their medication they feel really drowsy so they know that's their limit but you guys you said you can't that that's a really great example because that's where i've had examples of people that, that don't see the change they want to and well they didn't tell me they're drinking alcohol every night like that's just like saying on a fat loss example well where how do you think that's going to happen like if you know you you have to be real, and that's why sometimes there have been examples when it's been thrown back onto me and say you're the movement coach why am I not losing weight if I see someone don't worry if I see someone twice a week there's so many hours in the week I don't have a, I'm not accountable with them for that's why when I talk about checking in having habits seeing I'm not trying to do this to make you miserable I'm trying to do this because I want to help you because you come to me saying you want change I'm trying to help you. Uh, exactly. And the exactly. Answers aren't, the answers aren't we can't blame it on our trainer, and we can't blame it on our. Well, we can't blame it on ourselves. It's all about mindset and moving forward in My, a positive. All mindset. Yeah, all about mindset. Yeah, hundred percent. And where are you going to go? And if you do cheat, then you have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, "I cheated." And are you strong enough to continue to right. move forward and not do that again? But once again, we're human. We're human, and I think it's important, as you mentioned, if, if you look yourself in the mirror, if you've cheated with food. I know we've, uh, on my podcast, we've interviewed people uh, with, with uh, uh, versus dietitian, nutritionist, and she's going to hack me if I get it wrong mixed up, but <laughs> she really encourages separation of words like cheat food. She's like, she suggests that it's a, health, it's a healthy relationship to say those are, I want to say play foods, but foods that if we're, if we're indulging with, being okay with it. Like if you fall off the wagon, okay, my Sunday was a wreck. Okay, that's not the end of the world. As long as Monday you start from the scratch and go again. Keep moving. You know, and like there have been some weeks, and personally last week was a harder week. My girlfriend was uh, back in town for the first time in like two, like 10 weeks. Uh, So it was, she came back to some of the foods in New York City she hadn't had in almost three months. So there was a scenario there where I was eating foods I don't typically eat, like I mentioned on a Monday, that I would only eat a week. that threw me off, and I, I said, oh, you know what, this week isn't a normal week, it threw me off a little bit, but that's fine. I started fresh uh, two days ago, 
definitely know the, t- the days I'm tired. I had the sweet tooth. I had it today. And okay, that's <laughs> fine. There's, it's, it's, it's as long as you are consistently a long term. Yes. Have a, a, a set of healthier habits. You know, I think if when I talk about eating out, I'm really against eating out in the sense that, yes, you can have the best fish and the best vegetables, but we don't know how much oil or butter is being cooked with it. If you cook it from home, you see everything. So you have way more control of it. You have more influence those variables. That was a little off track, but that's just where I think how much more can you control of what you consume has a whole impact on, on the long term. Okay. Awesome. So we have pretty much hit every mark out there from awesome. normal person to person with a, dealing with an illness, a disease, an injury, to young ages versus looking at a 50-year-old looking at that 20-year-old and remembering, I remember when I looked like that, and I don't look like that anymore. And mm. like the whole comparison thing, which is what the world does constantly. Right. Which is what we do as human beings. So one, let's say accountability. Two, early or late, which one would you work out? What would you suggest, early or late? What would I suggest or what I would do? What would you do for working out, early or late? Uh, earlier. Okay, why? In a day, you mean, in a day? Yes, why? Oh, I just think you say, you say yourself for the rest of the day. You're so much more focused. You're so, you have so much more energy. And I just think um, sometimes what happens is during the day, whatever realm of business or what we're in, things happen during the day that you can't control what time you start your workout. Whereas if you can own that first hour in the morning, you can religiously and routinely own that hour. Okay. It's not always easy to walk out at six in the morning. It's brutal, I think. <laughs> but you can normally own that hour. And if you have the luxury of walking out, I personally actually perform better walking out between 11 and 1. That's like ideal. But I don't always have the luxury of walking out then, you know? Yeah. So. Okay. So second question. You already answered it, but I'm going to ask it again. Um, yeah. Cook at home or take out? You say cook at 100% home. Cook, yeah, without a doubt. Because... One, it's cheaper. <laughs> but two, it's it's it you just have so much more control of what you're putting in your body. Um I I also I mentioned to you, I hate paying two or three times the amount for what I can make at home. It just doesn't make sense to me. It's, to me it's also the convenience of I made this. And I'm not a great cook either, by the way. I, I'm really not. I'm really actually quite a bland and mild and my girlfriend never wants to share my food. Like that's maybe not a bad thing, but Oh my gosh. I never have to she says, No, you're fine, you can have it. So that's that's not an issue, but I'm hundred percent eat at home. Okay. Uh, it can be boring, but it, again, boring, but what, where do you want to go? Yeah. No one's saying you can't eat out every night. And look, you can also eat out and have some very good choices. I just think Long time, less likely you're better off eating from home. Okay. Protein shake or protein bar? Uh, that's a good question. I think you're probably better off of a protein shake uh, because you could protein, – so protein bars can be a little bit misleading. Okay. They'll say the protein content and they'll say the calorie content, but it might be – you have to pay attention to – one serving or how much is in the bar because some protein bars will say oh there's this many grams of protein 
but it's for two servings. Although, say, the calories are 190, but that's per one serving, and one serving is half the bar. So that can be a little misleading. Okay. And I think if you have the protein shakes, I think the benefit of doing a protein shake, you could include things such as um, uh, ground ginger or beetroot powder, or I think other powders that have anti-inflammatory, has anti-inflammatory purposes. So along with having the protein, which you're already, you're already going to do, Throwing in other, Ginger, um, yeah. like, uh, uh, superfoods, I guess you would say, that help with recovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was another, oh, turmeric was the one I was thinking of. Yeah, turmeric is a turmeric, great example. anti-inflammatory. Yeah. yeah. So but those, that's something that things. someone could take every single day, and there's different grades of turmeric, and you got to really pay attention to the labels. Like, right, yeah, I, exactly. I, 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 I'm not knocking down the big word Costco or Big Sam's or whatever these places are, but you look at the label and it's like, lose weight, do this, da, 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 da. Stop right there. Look at the label. If it's so small that you can't read it, put it back. Right. And really look at what is in there and what you are doing and nourishing your body. Right, and that's yes. why even though it's somewhat of a caveat, somewhat of a deviation, this question when you when you say protein bar, protein, I would say protein shake. But if you want to go one better, have a natural source of protein. I know sometimes you're on the go. And have a piece fast. of chicken. Chicken, whether it's steak, whether it's even so, I personally am more plant based than I was about a year ago, and I'm seeing a lot of positive changes in it. And I wish I started sooner, but it it could be, it it can really. It could really be something that's so simple. Um, we don't we don't always think of it, but yeah, I think having so so like for example pre workout, which is somewhat people are quite mm-hmm. commonly associated with. Mm-hmm. Protein, I think that stuff is toxic, and I will personally advocate to pre workout have fruit, have some natural sugars, but that's okay. just me. <laughs> okay, awesome. And then run or hike. I'll say hike, and I'm also someone who can't run because of my knee injuries. And hike, as we mentioned about longevity, you'll be able to hike into your seventies, eighties. My grandparents, when they were still when they were still alive, uh, I want to say late seventies, maybe early eighties, they were hiking. They were also walking at least, and you can do that. For people want to see results fast, unfortunately, and they associate running with that. Mm-hmm. But hiking, you can do long. You can do it longer. You can do a day of it. You'll still burn a lot of calories. You just and we, when you mentioned that heart rate zone, the fat burning zone, hiking you see the fat burning zone the whole time. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel intense, but you are. Yeah, because you're completely off balance in different levels of the ground and wherever you're hiking. Well, that but you're just you're keeping your heart rate elevated at a certain rate for the extended period of time, and as you take as you take into consideration off balance, what you might see a spike here and there, or, or increase in the climb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's you're going to see spikes, and again, it's healthier for your heart. Your heart is getting a gradual amount of stress placed on it that it's just sustained long term, and that's why if you want to see or keep long term habits changes, that's a way better habit to do. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot less um, uh, pounding on the joints as well. Okay. So it's a lot healthier for that for that respect as well. And again, I'm similar to knee injuries. I don't run anyway. Okay. So, so the next one is. Walking upstairs or jump roping? Uh, I would say walking upstairs. Again, I th- I go really with the low impact patterns. Okay. More sustainable long term. No, I, I wouldn't knock jump roping. I think jump roping is incredibly effective. Um, I just think 
It depends. Actually, you know, this depends on the person. Yeah. If you're if you're if you're 50, 60, 70s, and you're not looking to get ready for a boxing match, for example, which is kind of what the theme we've spoken about, mm -hmm. as opposed to being someone in their teens or twenties ready for a fight. It's like I say, someone in their 50, 60s can't or shouldn't jump rope. I'm just thinking, of what 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 is the goal? It's really catered to specific specificity to what the person is trying to get out of it. Okay. So. Um this one is very much of a key of the movie itself and boxing itself. So there's different points of boxing and training and tie, you know, like kickboxing and moving your body to other than instead of picking that one, you pick the weights and that's more controlled. But you, you're sweating and you're burning and you're pushing your muscles and you're using like your legs, right? You said twice a week, legs, because that's the biggest mm -hmm. muscles that we have and that will lose more weight. But kickboxing and training in a gym with a punching bag and moving, that's your entire body. That's cardio. Mm -hmm. That's like boom, yeah. boom, 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 boom. And you are going, going, going. And you're not just pushing the muscles beyond the max. You are forcing the brain left right left right move duck right. under so which one would you prefer to do or would you suggest a multi-training one day it's this and one day it's that so you're saying whether you do the bags or the weights yes i would ultimately say do the bags because if you're training for a fight or roll you can do as many sit-ups curls presses pull-ups that's not going to make you a better fighter or fit a fighter. If you and I was also going to have a caveat to that. If you're sparring, I think if you're doing hitches in the you're bags, sparring, yeah, or you're just hitting right, the bag, you're, yeah, you're you're way better prepared if you spar a lot more frequently. So, how do you want to get better at fighting? Spar. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get better by getting a stronger bench press. It's just not transferable. It's why when someone says, like, "I want to get stronger," so I can fight stronger, like so I can hit harder. You know, you'll get a harder punch if you have a more functional movement of your body of your upper body yeah yeah, yeah. you're not just people really not people but sometimes we get lost in it gets lost in translation because i'm bigger i hit harder i mean yeah there's some truth to it but you can see people that are built like this that can hit harder just because mechanically they're more sound and they're better at transferring weight from one part of the body to the other so i would say sparring okay good to know all right yeah. So we basically have gone through the entire DNA of a body of different ages, how we uh, age, how we do not, should not, and need to stop doing comparing. Yeah, yeah. Focus on you. Then we've talked about disease versus someone without a disease, and they're both in the same training class with you, but two are completely different. Is it the right. way that you describe your dinner versus like the McDonald's that you described? Right. He told you everything he ate and she actually ate what you said, right? Uh -huh, uh -huh. And so there's a difference there. So there's so much in the world today that the only person we have responsible for is right here. Yeah, so. Hire the trainer to keep us right here, to keep us mm -hmm. moving forward. But Absolutely. when you see things that are not working or getting frustrated, that's when you got to change. Yeah, and you have, but you have to be, you, you just have, it's the, the truth is always so close to you. 
You know, I think honestly, the first thing that you mentioned is how how much you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. If you think you're sleeping six hours, and it's not to say you need eight hours, but you you're most likely way more functional on seven and seven and a half, like without a doubt. Yeah, I think if I don't have a nap, I'm probably only getting six hours sleep because I got to get up three times a night to go to the bathroom. So I'll ask you this: If you're going to the bathroom, how soon, how late are you drinking any kind of liquids before you go to bed? I drink a lot of water before I go to bed with medication that I have to take. So maybe, so if it's medication, I didn't think of that. But maybe if there's a way to um, drink only an hour before, I don't know. But I'm someone when I was young, I'd always get up in the middle of the night as well. And then at one point, I, okay, I don't take medication, so maybe I can't sympathize, but. At one point, I just would stop drinking after 6, 7 p.m. I never get up in the middle of the night now. Never. Okay. Good to know. Again, and it's, it's just to be honest with different. you, yeah, that, that is very true. And to be honest with you, I love my glass of wine because I don't want to take the prescription pain medicine and I just want to relax. Right, right, right. So I'm kind of dealing with a double-edged sword, which is most right, of us. Because, yeah, and because... Um, and it's not that enjoying the wine is a bad thing, but then that's where the choices are being made there, right? Mm-hmm. So you enjoy the glass of wine, which is natural, you make sure a human. And it makes me tired, and then I drink tired. all the water, and then I go to bed. But if you're mm-hmm. if you're saying you're having six and a bit hours of sleep at night. And then I can take a nap sleep. in the afternoon. But so, so just just hearing this right now, and it's not me criticizing it, but I'm hearing some areas of opportunity. Yeah. So tell me that, so, please. So I think with the wine, like how much glasses, how much wine are you having? One, two glasses in the night? Two. Two. So two is the reason because you just feel more relaxed with two? Or, yes. So um, maybe start, this is me thinking out, right? So maybe scaling it to one, one and a half. So you're still going to get a taste of what you want to drink. I'd say uh, try and have it earlier in the night if possible and that, that you drink less liquors in general uh, in the evening. Because okay. I think if you're going to be drinking a little bit less, you're less likely to wake up. And this is not a, this is not guaranteed, right, like anything we, we speak about. But I just it sounds as though if your sleep quality is better, there's maybe not the need for the naps in the day. I'm just thinking, again, thinking out loud. And, did you see how one pound sets one another off and then it has nothing? Exactly, exactly. I'm just about, being completely transparent and obvious and because right. that's me. I'm not going to say I don't drink when I do. And I'm not right, going to say right, right. I get 10 hours of sleep when I don't. And yeah. yeah. yeah so, you know, it's this is the whole thing about why I wanted you on today. Moving forward in the world of 2021, we have been caged mm-hmm. up. In, a, in our homes, in our environments, things shut down. I believe we all gained 20 pounds somehow, somewhere. It's somewhere in the body or, it, you know, and now we're all like, oh, we can start getting back out again and we can do this. So this is where all of this comes to play. Movies are being made. People are getting back to work. Relationships are getting stronger, you know, we're getting out, we're like getting to know and feel like what it feels like to get in a car again and go to dinner and all of the things that are happening now in 2021. As we continue to move forward as a world, we need to take accountability and we really need to say, if this wants to change, I have to change. Right. Yeah. I think you... 
It's interesting as well when you mentioned the gaining 20 pounds in lockdown. Um, and I, I believe was, that's because of the cortisol levels of high yeah, stress. Yeah. Right. I think the stress levels were for everyone, unless you were Jeff Bezos on Amazon because everyone was ordering through you. Through <laughs> the roof. I think it's true. Unless you were, unless your company thrived in COVID, which some did, and unfortunately, so many did not. You were probably one of the ones who, who really had higher cortisol levels and stress levels. And I mentioned earlier that I was working less and sleeping more. So me personally, without saying this sounding too selfish, I wasn't. I, I I didn't like COVID. I didn't. I never wanted it to happen. It screwed a lot of my travel plans for last year. And unfortunately, a lot of people passed away. It's very sad and, and all those complications. But some part of it, I wasn't stressed because I'm sleeping more than I ever was. I'm working less. I have way more time to do what I want or whatever it was. But it, that, I had a mindset that I was, I'm not getting, I'm not getting away. But at least not getting away. So I said I have so much more time to dedicate to my body to moving. I, I, I was, I was like, oh, I have like six hours in the afternoon to kill. I can do two, whatever it is. But it, it, going back to your point about the higher core level of stress, it's so hard to cope with it because there's nothing to compare this to. So in New York City, gyms were closed from March 16, 17, up until the 3rd or 4th of September. And thankfully, they've stayed open. I know California is a bit of a different story. But in New York, when, when everything shut down in March and started traveling, this was, um, this was like I Am Legend. They, the streets were empty. And we live in a very central part of the city where there's a lot of tourism and theaters are all open usually. And they haven't been open to then. It's just, it's a very different world right now. It feels very weird, very different. But um, it, it, it's so hard to cope with that kind of stress. And, I, and it's funny because I was thinking about this earlier. I think right now is some of the first few days that I've been able to walk around New York City without having a mask on. And that sounds kind of crazy, but everyone in New York City has been very tentative to wear a mask, even outside. Mm-hmm. And that might not sound like a lot, but it's, it's a headache in terms of remembering you have the mask. Where when you're outside, it's not comfortable. It's, you're doing it you're doing it to respect every other New Yorker though. And it's just and, and people have their different opinions and whatever and they're entitled to them. But I, I want to respect every New every other New Yorker. I think at this point it's 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 almost at a healthy standpoint where all vaccinations have rolled out and whatever. But it's so stressful. I def my business took a hit with COVID. I well yeah, you're a life. personal trainer. How can you train when we are all told all to be in lockdown. lockdown? Yeah. Exactly. It was it was really hard, yeah. But I but there were some positives that came out of it. I, you know, some clients who, in the summer, they go to their 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 beach house or whatever, and I only see them once a week. Now going forward, I'll see them once in person, once virtually, which I would have never had before, and it mm-hmm. means I see them twice. Excuse me, twice a week consistently, and I don't. And I and, I, and that's why I love that part of it. Is a client of mine that used to live in New York, moved out of state. I was training a client in Canada as well, which I never would have done if it mm-hmm. wasn't for COVID. Mm-hmm. So there's been some advantages of it, but I, I still relate back to your original point that it's been incredibly stressful. Uh, and everyone's got their own ways of dealing with stress. I think I saw a lot of posts saying, you might have gained the weight, but like, don't stress. This is the hardest mental state so many of us have been in. You this can't is the hardest the human the being has been in since we started walking and the human was man you know literally this is the it wasn't just a nation it was the world so as we as we're all moving forward and we're all like 
slowly getting back to where we need to be per state here in the United States, overseas and other countries. You know, they're still dealing with everything's locked down. My kids have been in Paris for six months. They have 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. curfews. They're in Paris? They're in Paris. So all of Paris is like, you know, actually most of the countries overseas are dealing with this. And there's no border travel. So it it, it isn't just here in the United States. It is the world. The world, yeah. I believe if everyone took that test that I had to take for my longevity living with multiple sclerosis and colitis, I guarantee you... Everyone's um, cortisol levels have probably shot oh, through the, the roof. roof. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. So thank God, you know, there's a new medication coming in from my naturalist, um, my peptide, Dr. Amber, and it's a spray to help my cortisol levels come down and regulate again. Oh, I can't wait to hear the. I'll, I'll have to post results. it and see and kind of keep track of that and see where it's going. Yeah. And it's supposed to help you sleep better too. So. People who have been listening to this entire podcast, we're talking about it from a complete benefactor of everybody in the world. Everybody that is dealing with stress, weight, work, loss of employment, moving, dealing Mm. with things in our lives that we never thought we would deal with ever in our life. We have all been in the same Petri Bowl for the last two years, basically. Yeah. March 2019 is when it hit the United States. 2020, I think. Mm. You're talking about COVID? Mm-hmm. March 2020. It was 2020 or 2020? Oh. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well... But it's, it, will, it will be two years until things are back to normal, though. No? That, that is very true. So we have to take, still, yeah. so we all have to take accountability and accountability for ourselves to move forward. No, well, 100%, and I'm 100%. honored that you spent all this time with us today going through what you work out, how you train, how you train your clients, how you're able to adjust to train with them because it's not working for that DNA Mm. and Mm. how to keep moving forward to work with people that have autoimmune, people that have injuries, people that are training for movies, people that are training for just normal health, or they just need a simple plan to lower what mine needs to get lowered. Yeah. Uh, the cortisol levels and getting to the next journey moving forward. So I appreciate all of the honesty. I appreciate all of the insight and everything that you do. And I would ask everybody today that if you can't hire a personal trainer and you can't get into the gym and your life is just starting all over again, Instagram is a fabulous tool, but go to someone that is actually training that is a real trainer, like like um, Jacques here, and just really focus and like watch them. How do they train? What are they eating? They can reach out to you today and say, yeah. I need some help, and you're able to train them or get them on 100%. a routine and move forward with that. But 
the key thing of all of this is the number one thing is stress. Yeah, keep coping and dealing with stress, hundred percent. Stress, stress uh, in I, life. I, I, yeah, stress is life, but I think movement, strength training is, in my eyes, the best the way of dealing with stress personally. And then when I've done the research, not just MS, but other kinds of uh, uh, dementia or Alzheimer's, whatever. Mm-hmm. The longevity with coping with those kinds of mental illnesses strength training or workout in general are some of the best methods of putting those further away. So it's not just stress, it's so many other assets that you can be better prepared for by um, strength training or training out in general. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, I absolutely appreciate you taking an hour and a half with me today <laughs> and going through all of this. And also just being completely blunt, honest when I threw something at you and me also telling you, yes, I'm guilty. I know what it is. It's my wine. Um, And (laughs) uh, yeah. So with all that being said, let's all just remember to not beat ourselves down because if that worked, we'd we'd all be like perfect and nobody's perfect. So stop beating yourself down. Keep moving forward with the positivity of, I know I can do better today. Whatever that may be for you. Exactly. Specific on the person. It could be something very small. Okay, but Lois, hang a fruit. It just doesn't have to be a big victory. It could be a small victory. And realize that that is a victory and continue to move forward. And realize you're the best. You're going you are the best person because you are the only you. So love exactly. you, yeah. be your best advocate, and sometimes you have to be your worst critic yeah, against yourself, but then balance the two of them and bring them together in harmony and keep moving forward. So what would you like to leave us with today on where they can find you with your Instagram and Give us one sentence of advice to leave our audience with. Sure. So the best way to find me is on my Instagram, Jacques Fit. Um, my email is on there as well, but it's jacques.dillager at gmail.com. Check my Instagram. My, my name is on there if you want to see how it's spelled. And then one, one thing for our listeners, one thing, one sentence. I'd say, uh, oh, this is hard. I'm trying to think. Uh, it's so it might sound corny, but trust the process. Just, just you're not gonna. You, but you also have to find your way of dealing, de- doing things. Just because all your friends do it one way, or actors, actresses do it, find your way, make your modifications, and and stick with, and make sure that during the process you're happy. If you're miserable, you might it might not be for you. So make the adjustments. Um, but there's ultimately in, in closing, there's no one blueprint. That works for everyone. Everyone is so case by case specific. So find your way, stick with it, and uh, be patient. But know there's not only one way to do everything. Like I mentioned, if you had a surgery or an injury, you get past that point and stronger. And you know, I definitely think it's possible. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing where we all are in a year from now and Mm -hmm. love to have you back on and keep moving forward. And let's all just continue to inspire each other. 
And 100%. Yeah. And then always remember, I've been saying this lately, if you're looking down upon someone, make sure it's to pick them up and raise them and praise them. Mm, that's a great saying. Yeah, I like that. All right. Thank you so much. I really appreciate yeah, you being you. on today. Have a... So everybody, this is season three, episode 36 to listen to on Apple and Spotify. And if you know someone in your life today that really needs to listen to what we have discussed about health, wellness, moving forward, and working out, please hit the arrow because this will be on my Instagram and share it with everybody you know that may need to listen to a piece, a part, or all of this interview to keep inspiring to move forward in the world. Thank you very much. Have a, have a great one. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. So we've got it on Apple and Spotify. And you can download those also and share the Apple and Spotify talks. And like I said, this is always on my Instagram feed. It stays on my main page for first week and then it gets moved over to IGTV. This whole entire talk was about training in the professional world, living in the world we are today, movie training to get actors and actresses ready for roles, how do we do it safely, how do we do it positively, and living with a disease called multiple sclerosis, obesity, and every other disease out there that does tend to stop us and put us in our tracks. But we then need to follow through with a positive mindset and continue to lean on each other and move forward. So with all of that, I would also like to remind all of you, we have one week left, one week to May 5th, we will be doing the drawing for your own short film. Who doesn't want to have their own movie? Come on. So if you want to go into Bobcat Moretti's Instagram, click onto that. It will bring you to the site of GoFundMe. And we are knocking, the campaign is GoFundMe, knock out multiple sclerosis and obesity with Bobcat Moretti. A piece of your portions are going to be going to a nonprofit that we will discuss later on in the season. And then also, you know, getting forward and moving forward with your life. Send us messages. Tell me what you want to see here at Bobcat Ready in interviews and moving forward in a positive light, living the best lives we can. And keep saying the word and spreading the word for us, please. From Dawn Marie, Bobcat Moretti. And if you guys all, come on, I want to start seeing people sending me pictures that we can put on Instagram, Bobcat Moretti stories. Get in the ring of Bobcat Moretti and Dawn Marie Deshays and keep inspiring. All right, everybody, have a fabulous day and I look forward to seeing you guys next week. Wednesday, back here in the ring with Bobcat Moretti. Please remember, if you want your own movie, go donate now because we are doing the drawing next week. So go now, run, get to Bobcat Moretti, and I will see you guys on the other side.
Have a great one.